Hello and welcome to the Social Recruiting Show. I'm Katrina Colley, our social recruiting trainer and speaker, but apparently I keep freezing, so I may disappear in and out of this show today. Who knows? I'm super excited today to have Joanne Lockwood, but of course, with my gorgeous co-host, Audra Knight, employer branding genius, with us. And Joanne Lockwood, thank you. I finally met in person last week, which was super exciting. Thank you for joining us. I'm too scared to say anything else in case I freeze. So I have seen Welcome. you all over the place. You're keynoting, you're all over Europe. Um, I'm sure US is, is next if it hasn't happened. Um, but can you tell us first, before we kind of talk about what you talk about, um, what you're doing with Sea Change Happen? Well, I set Sea Change Happen up just over a year ago with the purpose generally to promote trans awareness and inclusion into businesses and organizations of all sizes. Uh, kind of my passion was that I wanted to help people have a better experience in the world than I had. If I can help one more person, one family, one employer get it right uh, to make someone's life easier, that's kind of the mission really. And uh, and, and just take a, a, use my consulting background and my business background to try and put it in, into sort of language that people understand. Mm. So how did you um, get started? Yeah, what did you do before that? I, I ran an IT company for uh, 25 odd years, so. Oh my gosh, wow. Um, I, got, I think we got the company to about 1.2, 1.3 million for a couple of years in a row, and we employed 18, 20 staff. Uh, and as I describe it, I kind of got past my sell-by date. I started getting a bit moldy. Um, <laughs> you know, all the people used to do was phone me up and tell me how their backups weren't working or how their systems were down and how it was all my problem and how I was, always at this beck and call 24 by 7 without responsibility so I kind of decided that IT was mm. never, no one's happy with it you know, I don't know. Mm. and then coupled with that I suppose my own my own sense of self my own gender my how I saw myself in the world was kind of at the same time evolving to couple the two together it was kind of a I needed to make a life decision that life changed mm. so I all my all my stuff in the blender and just pushed mm. the button and I forgot to put the lid on, of course, and it's all squirted. <laughs> my career, my job, my income, my family, everything mm. kind of went. Uh, and then I just, I, just, I sold my, my business partners off to buy me out, fortunately. Uh, so I had a, I wouldn't call it a, a large wad of cash. I'd call it maybe enough to keep you going for a couple of years. Mm. Uh, that gave me the opportunity to uh, invest in my future and, and, and invest in what I'm doing. And I'll get to the point now where obviously the cash is, is running out. That was two, nearly up to two years. <laughs> I've got to actually start raising some money at this rather than just uh, traveling the world speaking for free. So this is, this is now mm-hmm. one. I speak, I run seminars, I run workshops, and I consult, you know, on policy mm-hmm. and, and do webinars like this. And, uh, it's, great. it's funny, though, when you're doing what you love, though, how even if the money is less, it's still okay because you get out of bed every day and you're doing what you love and... It's not. It's no longer a job. It's no longer a career. Mm. It's mm. passion. Mm. And talking to people, meeting people over the last couple of years has been amazing. It's a, mm-hmm. a real. Why didn't I do this years ago? It's like this is so so liberating. Mm. Are your clients mostly um, in Europe or all over? Uh, predominantly in the UK. Although, as you're probably aware, I've I was at uh, social recruiting, smart recruiters. Uh, I was at hiring success uh, for them in Berlin. In September, I was in Unleash in Amsterdam a couple of weeks ago for their World Expo, and I was at uh, uh, Social Recruiting Days with uh, Quadriga in Berlin last week. So yeah, I'm kind of getting around, 
So yes, predominantly <laughs> the UK, London focused and the UK focused. But I've I've been talking to some great people in Germany, in uh, Poland, in uh, Estonia, uh, in Amsterdam, in, in the Netherlands, and also I'm talking to people in Australia. Um, and let's talk about Wreckfest uh, next year in Oz, in in Melbourne. And I hope I can uh, get on the stage there and get a platform in Australia. Well, that would be good. And wait, so you haven't been to the US yet? I'm going to make that happen. I have an idea. No, I'm, I'm waiting for the invite and, and yeah. painting. Right. And, uh, I have know, an idea, but I'll make sure that they pay, they pay travel for sure. In the US, but uh, yep. no, I'd like to explore the US because it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's there's a lot of um, awareness needed amongst certain uh, certain people in the US. Not, uh, a very LGBT or, or certainly trans friendly place at the moment and I think it's it's worrying a lot mm -hmm. of people and I don't want to turn this into a political because it's not for me it's not political it's it's about an identity thing and I'm not here to justify anyone's existence I'm just saying this is me this is people like me and this is what makes us happy this is what makes us mm -hmm. sad and all I ask mm -hmm. them is, is just treat us like people because uh, we are yeah. people like anybody else now, how do companies know if they have a problem? I feel like a lot of companies just might not even have any idea that they haven't, that they're not no, doing a good job at this. And people say to me, well, we don't employ any trans people. We don't have gay people in our company. Mm. Well, how many people are employed? <laughs> say that? employed 200 people. Well, odds are you have at least one or two trans people and you have maybe five to 10 people who are LGBT. Uh, so the fact that maybe maybe they're not open it's down to your culture and ethos as a company where mm -hmm. they're comfortable being themselves. Mm -hmm. And if you can evolve your own corporate culture, then people will trust you and they'll they maybe want to share who they really are with you. And that's so people whenever they say we haven't got a problem or we don't we don't have trans people, well what about all the people that uh, have trans partners or trans children or trans parents or trans friends? So for every one trans person there's 20 people around them that are part of their circle uh, and you think how many people that it in, it mm. how that, how it intersects with and uh, yeah everybody everyone you know people keep telling me everyone has a gay friend you know uh, and, <laughs> and, and you know the truth is anyone who knows me has a trans friend so it's kind yeah. of you know there's a lot of people and it's funny isn't I, it I can you guys hear me okay. yeah sorry i was trying to talk before and clearly wasn't there and 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 re thing out and yeah so you're there to me <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so how did you get into the recruitment side because i take it you didn't start out there but you're doing a lot there yeah my background was it and i mm. i kind of went up I, I thought the big area that i wanted to focus on was kind of hr policy mm. uh, a lot of or medium businesses don't necessarily have access to uh to, to you know, big D&I departments or big strategies. So I was looking really at small medium enterprises uh, around HR, around legal. Mm. And I, I think I got lucky. I, I bumped into uh, uh, Morgan Lobb of Vesida uh, about a year ago and I helped him run a, a roundtable work mm. with HS2. And uh, from there, Morgan introduced me to Bill, Bill Borman. Mm -hmm. And I, I got invited to run a track at, at True London in April. And it kind of, that was kind of my introduction to some of the crowd that, you know, mutual friends of ours, yeah. we know in, in, this, in this sort of space. And then I was in True Amsterdam. I missed the flight, which is a real dull moment. <laughs> uh, but I managed to turn up at the end and, and ended up doing a, like a, an ad hoc, off the cuff, uh, talk to the bar. And there's a hundred odd people there. 
And then I did Wreckfest with uh, Jamie and uh, then Wreckex with Stephen and mm. Louise. Mm. And kind it's of there, my profile, I've mm. got people who um, have joined in some of the conversations. I've done a lot of webinars like this. I've done a lot of interviews with HR companies and just got out there and networked. So it's kind of kind of just built mm. organically, really, out of, out of kind of nothing. Now, when did you actually hone your skills, though? Because you're so good. We talked about we've both done Toastmasters, and you're amazing at timing and just really impactful timing. Did you start working on that as soon as you got your first gig, where you're like, I got to figure this out, or have you always been? Trust me, no. Um, I, well, I transitioned in my life just over a year ago. No, sorry, it's November now, isn't it? Um, January, February last year. So that was when I, I, I kind of made the change. And I was sort of thinking, well, this is what I want to do. Mm. But can I stand up and speak? Yes, I can, because I knew I did afternoon speaking for many years in my previous life. I was the national president of an organization called The Round Table, which is a global organization for men. So I knew I could stand up in a dinner jacket and speak to men in dinner jackets drinking port. I, yeah, I, I did that for many years. Don't have the word there, nobody can find you. <laughs> yeah, well, Just jump. <laughs> yeah. How, how do I do this? Yeah. Uh, and I thought, well, if you're a doctor, you, you hang around with doctors. If you're a professional speaker, you hang around with professional speakers. Yeah. I joined Toastmasters and I joined the Professional Speakers Association. Mm -hmm. And then you just talk, you stand up, and you get you mm -hmm. a safe environment where people will give you feedback, they'll evaluate you, and people say, so good. too quickly. You don't speak loud enough. Mm. You don't project to the back of the room. Or actually, it'd be really good if you pause. And then they say, actually, it'd be even better if you can pause for 10 seconds. Mm. Yeah, that's hard. That's a long time, isn't it? Yeah. If you pause for 10 seconds, people <laughs> start leaning in going, and they listen to you more. Yeah. You create that, that interest, mm. that, that uh, also learning how to walk on stage and, and throw a, an immediate question or an immediate hook into the audience and get everyone to go, mm -hmm. and then you follow that up. And it, 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 so these are all techniques that anyone can learn. Uh, the scariest thing is actually stand, saying your first word. Once you've mm -hmm. word, your first sentence, and you know how you're going to close, it's just, then it's just a journey of, of, of how you're going to take, take the audience. So yeah, it's kind of, it, 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 yeah, it's, yeah, it's just technique. Uh, yeah, they helped me so much with um, filler words. I didn't really, you don't even realize you're saying them. Okay. And my first time I stood up there, I think I did 26 filler words. Then they point them out. So you, you once you get it, then you can actually so start to fix it. And then the second time, I think I took ums and okay. Like, um, so yeah, a lot of people do so. I don't think um, um, but my so third bad. Speech, okay is the bad one. I, I, I catch myself saying I don't like okay. Snow. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think you know, I've, but, I've got yeah. over the ands and the and the and the ums and the ohs and the hmm. I, I'm now worried about so's. I, I say a lot of so's. Yeah, and I'm also conscious, so I, I tend to do something like this with my face. And then I think I watch videos back of myself and I think, oh, gosh, what am I doing with my face there? So I've got okay, to on my... See, I think you can get to a point you're too polished. And I yeah. watched one recently and I couldn't. 
I, I didn't get into it at all until there was the part where she was completely and utterly genuine, which was about five seconds of the whole thing. It was two. Right. I, I yeah. think if you don't have the occasional um or the occasional something, it can be too polished and therefore yeah. it, it doesn't, you know what I mean? People don't, it doesn't resonate with people. It's like, oh, come on, you're not being real. Uh, Audrey, Audrey knows yeah. the other person I'm talking about. Has Joanne gone really quiet? Oh, there you are. She's back. Oh, it's all happening today. Uh, I think people who, when they when they walk the stage, mm. they almost like stand here, then they make this very deliberate walk to the other end of the stage to do something, and they make this very deliberate walk back to the middle and do something. Mm. It's kind of... I do laps. <laughs> I need to stop. <laughs> I do laps too, but it's not intentional. It's not... You, you, you do you know, when, back if we're speaking, we can't hear Joanne speaking. Yeah, I just I just figured that out too. So we have to make sure we're quiet. I, I don't when, know if that's don't the know headset because that's not we don't normally have that problem. We all talk over each other. Ah, it could be that I'm getting if I turn my volume. Oh. No, it's okay. Don't worry. Um, we'll just be so, more quiet. Uh, Katrina Kibben has a question here. Like, so what issues have you got coming up that you're you're looking to solve, Joanne? Uh, sorry, issues with... Well, what companies are coming to you and saying, like, we have this issue, can you help uh, us? And, and like... I think I was going wrong, because the sound's coming out of my laptop, not my earphone. So, obviously, this, when you're speaking, it's it's hitting here, and this is coming oh, out. So oh, interesting. That's probably what's wrong. Um, like, what issues? Um, I think a lot of people say is that they're scared of getting it wrong. That's 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 the first thing. They that's, I, I think a lot of times where, where trans people aren't included or or, or, ha or struggle is because people do worry about getting things wrong mm. yeah what if i say the wrong thing what if i offend somebody what if i uh, we make the wrong thing or or, or how is joanne going to be taken by our staff or how are our customers going to take joe mm. that's kind of the, the problems I'm, I'm seeing where people almost they just don't want to get it wrong and and, and they then project their kind of in sort of trans fear on other people I mean, mm -hmm. I've, I've had situations where people come to me and say, well, because I often say is, would you employ me? You, you, you know, we can go for a beer, we can have a drink, we can we can chat all night, we can do webinars like this, but actually, would you hire me? And people go, well, of course. And I said, well, what position would you give me? Would you put me, would you put me in your back office? Would you put me on the computer? Would you put me on this? Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, what if I'm field service? What if I'm going out to meet your customers? What if I'm your sales director? What if I'm going to close this big deal? And then suddenly people get a bit more nervous. Well, what if my customer doesn't like you? Yeah, you know, people buy from people, and you're a different sort of person. You're not, you're not the Joanne they're expecting kind of thing. And and that's where people then have to sort of overcome their own biases. Mm. And it's not just about trans people. I was talking to somebody the other day who uh, actually promotes gender equality, and she's promoting gender. And she told me that what she does is she has a friend who is a very large lady. And she often tells her customers, oh, she's a really lovely person. She's very large, but she's good. And I said, well, why Whoa. do you feel the need? Therefore, people do tend to help other people and say, well, my friend is, is a large woman, but she's still great. So well, why do you have to say that? Why can't you just let her make her own impression? Prejudged her, given somebody else a picture of them in your mind. So, what well, I don't want someone to say is, oh, Josie's fantastic. By the way, she's trans. She's all right. Yeah. It's kind of, really? Can I, can I, can I make that? Can I, can I come out on my own? Can I, can I create my own first impression or do I have to let you do that? And that's kind of, yeah, wow. Some of the, some of the pressure 
have to apologise for for me, and that's where it becomes tricky. Or if someone's to hire, and they go, we've, we've hired Joe, she's trans, we're going to take a risk on her, or actually, how we're going to now integrate Joe into the team and work the team don't like Joe. So we've got all these sort of dynamics that go on where mm. I haven't got a problem with you, but what about other people? And that's where the challenge is just have to think about when they're doing DNI, it's not just about trans, it's about anybody. Uh, it's about cultural fit, it's about corporate fit, we call that like minded. And when something's too different, how does that person impact the team if the team's not ready? So, what I would say is, yeah, don't hire somebody who's very different unless you've got that ethos that's ready to support them. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I, they won't be I actually okay. think that it's Joe's headset that's causing me to not be heard as well. Um, okay. Audrey, can you hear me? I can. Yeah. Let me. Yeah, but do you just have a normal headset? Um, I could try going on to turn the. Turn the... I, I think it's your actual headset. Do you have like a normal? Or what about oh, just without unmuted. it? How interesting. Oh yeah, but if she unmutes, that might work. Okay, I've unmuted you, <laughs> Joanne. No, we're coming oh. through great. I, I'm oh, no. yeah. She's reconnecting. Okay. Yes. Is that yes. better? Uh oh. Okay. So. All right. So I'm just using the, the laptop mic now. So let's see if that works. Yeah. I'll have to play with that later. But yeah, because yeah. every time I spoke, that was, I, I had to reboot, and I think it weirdly was your headset. It really strange. Uh, yeah, I, th I think it's because the sound's coming out of the laptop and it wasn't coming out my ear. Yeah, so I think yeah. every time you spoke, it, it came here. Anyway, we're, we're sorted now. So but what you were saying was like, okay, I'm gonna, Ben, I'm going to pick on you. Don't take it personally. But <laughs> Ben starts working for us. He has a Yorkshire accent. People don't like Yorkshiremen. Like, really? To say, <laughs> oh, well, we've had someone start working for us. And we're, you know, it, oh, look, I'm sending Ben your way, but I'm sorry. He's got a Yorkshire accent. You mightn't understand him. Like, come on. But... I can't believe people actually do that. No, see, am I talking to myself? No, I can hear you. Sorry. No, nobody yeah. answered sorry. me. <laughs> sorry. So that game, what, what, what are you saying? We're saying about Ben is your accent. What, yeah, but what I'm saying is it like what you would just say. Is there an echo? No, just uh, a little I'm fine somehow. with you. No, you're good. So what I was saying was like, you were saying it's like, well, Joe's coming, but she's trans, or yeah. X is coming, but they're fat, and it's like I could be saying, well, Ben's coming, he's got Yorkshire accent, you might like that. He's adorable, by mm. the way, accent or not. So it's like, wh what are we going to do? Yeah. Start, people will like you, they won't like you, no yeah, matter exactly. what. Well, I don't, I don't think it's fair to to be to, to be prejudged. You know, signposting about me mm. to somebody else is is showing your own insecurity. Because yeah. they're almost like apologising. Well, Joe's yeah. great. I, I, I like Joe, but you may not. But to say, you know, <laughs> I think she's great. Well, well, you had an opportunity to make a first impression with me. So can I have my own chance to make a first impression with somebody else? Yeah. Whether that's because I'm trans, maybe because I'm I'm a person of colour, whether it's because I'm... Whatever. I'm wh whatever Just I am, whether I've got one leg, you know, Joe's fine, but she's only got one leg, you know. It doesn't mean <laughs> to say that you have to sort of, like, point this out and signpost yeah. it. Maybe Just they think people... that they're protecting you or helping you in a way obviously you're yeah. not but that might make no. sense um yeah. i mean I, I i i did an interim role in the summer through a recruitment agent and i've known the recruitment agent for a long time and he he knows i'm, I'm trans uh, he knew me before he knew me after 
and he he helped me he helped find me a little interim role and he said oh it's okay joe i've told him you're trans and they're okay with that i thought well well thank you but <laughs> yeah so now i know they're okay with being trans but so that but the fact that they're okay with it means they've had to make a decision and uh, they've actually talked about it and discussed it. And it's like, oh, Joe's trans. So when she comes in for an interview, we'll have to be really nice to her. It's like, <laughs> yeah, can, I, yeah, it's like can I just turn up and create my own impression, please? Yeah. Wait, I don't you want find to be the whole thing so wrong. It's like nobody's business. Why should you even yeah. have to say, yeah. hey, I'm gay, hey, matter? I'm bi, hey, I'm straight? Hey, like, it's none of your fucking yeah. business. Like, literally. Joe's None okay. of that. Yes. What you yes. do in bed at night with your partner does not impact, well, unless you get no sleep or not. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't impact your ability to do your day job. No, right? it doesn't at all. And so, I mean, I, I always feel, because like, oh, thankfully nobody's ever asked me one way or the other because it would be a complicated answer. But <sighs> for anyone who has, has to go like, oh, yeah, I'm gay, like at work or whatever, why? Why do you have to actually say? It's nobody's business. <laughs> Not at all. It, 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 shouldn't, it shouldn't matter. If it affects your ability to do the job, then don't hire me. But if, if, if I could do the job, that's what it matter? <coughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that people buy from people. And that, that's sometimes where it comes from. It, you know, if you put me into an account where it's a very blokey engineering environment that doesn't have much diversity, then maybe I'm going to sort of people are going to give me the funny look or but in my experience let me deal with that because yeah. i'm a, I, I, i've been this is me i can i can defend myself i'm I, i'm not going to get triggered easily i appreciate some people might but i don't get triggered easily so let me let me smile let me say hi how are you doing it let me put them at ease uh because if you say oh joe's trans oh i'm not sure about joe she may not fit in i've lost the opportunity i i, I want to be my own salesperson yeah yeah give me the chance but they, they could say that to me because I'm Australian. You know, it, it, it could be a thousand <laughs> reasons, right? It, it, yeah, people that's are right. Yeah. But we say that Do with people who are, 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 are maybe they're, they're non UK, they, you know, they're, they're, they come from you know, Poland or they come from Germany, they come from the Netherlands or wherever. And, and people say, well, oh, they're, they're, it's, it's, they've got a, f a bit of a funny accent. It's all right, they're Polish or something. And, and you think, oh, Polish. Hmm. And then you, you're immediately biasing people just from where they yeah. come from. It's like, it's crazy. Do you see it improving just with the times or is it, it just not? Uh, I, I think of a certain generation, they probably already set their mindset. I think maybe younger generation there, they really don't care. It's, it's not don't care in a, in, a, in a don't care way. So you don't care, it's not relevant way. It's you're just a person. And I think people are more more used to working in a diverse environment. I mean, you, you look at, again, without generalizing, if you look at Brexit, for example, the younger generation are more pro-Europe. Uh, so that I, I'd say that people are more used to dealing with people of different cultures, different upbringings, uh, different race relationships. You know, most people who are young have non-binary, transgender, gender non-conforming friends mm. of all races, race, and creeds and religions. And it's kind of normal. Whereas you go back 30, 40 years, most of Britain was this white middle class or white working class there's not a lot of diversity in our communities and, and there's also people, that know, the country's diverse that there's also that london bubble so i mm. can get quite shocked when i get it's okay in the cities but you get out and you get into the countryside and suddenly you start hearing the bigotry and it's like whoa because mm -hmm. i'm in such a bubble here particularly like yeah. this black heath bubble because it's the lewisham borough it's so multicultural yeah. anything goes literally you walk down the street naked no one would notice it's it's that and you, and you <laughs> You get out of that and you, it can be, uh, yeah, really eye-opening. 
but I've had people I've, say to me, "Oh, it, you live, you live in a environment that's trans friendly or LGBT friendly," <coughs> and I and I kind of say, "Well, Portsmouth is is just a, it's just a city in in the UK. Um, I've I've been to a pub in the middle of the countryside in the middle of nowhere, yeah. and people just they serve me a drink. They, you know, they they I ask them where the ladies is, they point in the corner." So I think people either get it or they don't. You can't yeah. say it's because they come from here, they come from there, no. it's out of their social We are and... sheltered in London, yeah. I think. There's a, yeah. there's a lot more. Yeah. But I've had cabbies, I've had a cabbie in London. I, I mean, I, this is a story of six, probably a year ago. I was in Soho in one of those all-night clubs in the middle of Soho <laughs> with some friends. And I came out, at, I think it was 2 o'clock in the morning, jumping in the cab to go back to the, uh, the hotel. And the cabbie said, you know, I'm in the back of the cabbie. Uh, right in the middle of Soho, and the first thing he says to me is, I don't meet many people like you. Can I ask you a few questions? I thought, well, if a cabbie in the middle of London in Soho has not many met many trans people, hmm. we're obviously not permeating our message out there much. So I, I did a quick trans 101 in the back of the cab. <laughs> and and uh, it was kind of kind of enlightening. And I suddenly realized that maybe trans people aren't understood. We, you know, I live in a trans bubble sometimes, a trans echo chamber. You kind of expect everyone to kind of get it. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've, I've been in pubs, I've been queuing up for a drink, and someone next to me says, oh, excuse me, love, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? It's like, no, no, go for it. But that could become tiring for other trans, but yeah, it, it's a bit tiring for me after a while, having to explain my life story 15 times a week. And not everybody wants to do that. You don't, you don't expect, what's it like being a woman? Uh, well, actually, it's just like being a human being. It's just that I have longer hair or shorter hair, you know, I just do different stuff. Uh, so that, it does get a bit tiring. But I, I'd say it doesn't matter whether you're in London or whether you're in Matter in Portsmouth or whether you're in the countryside or flying a, a flying easy jet to, mm. to, to Amsterdam. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. People are just curious or they're not curious. So. I'm, I'm glad you went that direction with that story because I thought you were going to go the direction of the London cabs that I've got in where they've been like, oh, those foreigners coming in and stealing our jobs and, you know, going on and on until eventually I've gone, oh, you mean like me? And they're like, oh, oh, no, oh, no, not, not like you, love. No, no. Yeah, so that's where no, I thought you were going. Exactly. You were a good foreigner, yeah. Yeah, because I, I have the right colour skin. And it's, it's like, oh, yeah. oh. But there is that bias. Of, you know, if you're the wrong sort of foreigner, if, you, if you're yeah. the wrong sort of country, if, you're, if you come from the Netherlands, foreign, you're great. If you come from Germany, maybe you're great. If you come from yeah. Poland, not so great. If you come from Turkey, then really not great. Yeah. If you come from somewhere. Nice. So people people judge people just on whether you're a good good immigrant or a bad mm. immigrant. It's awful. Awful. Yeah. So what a lot of companies oh, sorry. A lot of companies do um, training for teams on like biases and, and I've heard that if just knowing that you have these biases and exploring them can help uh, improve. Yeah. Is, is that true? Yeah, I, I I start talking about individuality and saying that everyone's different. Mm. And then also we, we all like to live in our communities and our tribes and our packs. And therefore, we automatically put these barriers around us to protect ourselves and fight off the enemy. So that's where our sort of our reptilian brain, our sort of like our, our very fast brain starts kicking in to protect us. We make these snap decisions and biases do kick in. And you're right. The key thing is knowing you are biased. You have biases. And moving your con your thought into your slow brain, where you think, actually, no, I am being judgmental here. I am going to take a step back and, and then start to question yourself and why you're saying it. So yeah, it, it's a lot of the biases we have are based on the brain filling in gaps that don't exist. You know, we're uh, confirmation bias. We're looking for something to work. You know, we're looking for something, and it's, it's no different to football supporters. You know, I often say if you're an Arsenal fan or a Tottenham fan, you've 
what, if you see if you see someone's an Arsenal fan on their CV and you're a Tottenham fan, you're immediately going to bias them. Go, well, they're the enemy. I don't want to hire them. So very often we're creating biases out of mm. some silly things just based on our own who we are mm. and, and someone's different. And whether that's based on their name, how they look or how they sound, it, it's, yeah, it's, there are biases out there. I definitely would not come to anyone from Man City. <laughs> What, like the whole of Manchester is that, or <laughs> no, Man City, the football, Man City. yeah, Manchester, yeah. yeah, Man City, yeah, says the girl that lives but, in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> but most Man United fans live all over the world, don't they? So, you know, you, it's a, I mean, most Man United fans have never even been to the UK, <laughs> let alone Manchester. <laughs> Sorry, not Man United fans. that's but a good point. I wouldn't hire any of them because they all like football, so that's. <laughs> But, ah, so we've got a football bias now. Yeah, we've got yeah. football bias. So it's, it's Aussie rules only, is it? Aussie rules only. But I think it's so. Going back to that, the bias side. I think that involves being curious. So a lot of the work that I've done to solve my childhood stuff has been like a lot of therapy, which has made me curious. So if I react a certain way, in particular, if yeah. it's extreme, I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. Why am I reacting that way? But it takes a lot of work to stop and do that. So. Mm. I, I don't I think, know. I mean, you've seen the, like... the two mindsets, haven't you? You've seen the sort of like, you've got people with a, a fixed or a closed mind, mm. and you've got people with an open or a growth mindset. So when you've got a growth mindset, you, you see new situations, new challenges, mm. opportunities to learn, to grow, to think, and analyze. Whereas if you've maybe got a more fixed mindset, then you, you're more prepared to stick to what you know. And it's really mm. just trying to encourage people to just open their mind. Just mm. this is, yeah. Try try a latte. I know I know you like Americana, but give a latte a go one day, and you might like it. And it's just it's being open to just try different <laughs> things. <in the> <laughs> Milk. Milk. It is. It's, it's just try and move yourself into that slow brain, open mind. Yeah. Discuss things. I mean, one of the things you got me on milk. Sorry. Society changed. We don't have it. We've lost the power of rhetoric. We've lost the power of, mm. of discussion. Yeah. It, it's now. Here's my opinion. Mm. I don't like it. Block spam docs whatever we're going to do on twitter we're just going to try and assassinate you and shut you down we don't actually want to sit there and have a coffee and say look this is my opinion this is your opinion let's have a chat it's we don't do that anymore i think there's this fear thing like, i think we've swung too far the other way at the moment so there's a lot of fear you said yeah. earlier about like you know how, how do i address how do i introduce how do i phrase things and and so there's this oh i don't want to have the conversation because oh i'm scared i'll get it wrong so, for example, when I yeah. came over here, the Australian Prime Minister was refusing to uh, apologise to the stolen generation, which is the Aboriginal kids that were removed from their homes in the 50s. And I hasten to add there were white kids that were stolen as well. It was horrific. It should never have happened to anybody. I was got at by somebody who's of black descent and let rip at me over it. And then I didn't know how to speak to her because I was like, I... I'm not racist. I can't help that my prime minister won't apologise. I think he should, but he hasn't. And, and I then, for years, was like, oh, I can't say black person because I'll offend someone. It was. Hmm. So it's. I think it goes back to the training uh, you're giving, isn't yeah. it? So. I think I think it is. It's. And I, I do accept that some people who have had a lot of issues in their life because they've been oppressed because they come in an environment where they they have been harassed victimized bullied or whatever it becomes very tolling you know microaggressions it wears yep. you down and you become very sensitive and all i all i can do is be visible as a trans person mm. i hate the word role model but just being visible oh, being out you are there. so role model. Just try and, huh? you know you're a role model 
a girl that fangirled well, you. Oh my I, god! Other people she may say that. Yeah, other people, I'm not. I'm not trying to own that. This gorgeous yeah. girl comes running up to me. Are you Joanne Lockwood? I'm like, no, no, she's over there. And then she went and stood near you. She wouldn't even interrupt you. So I went over and interrupted you to like, because she was like, <laughs> she was like, oh my god, fangirl, you are a role model. I hate to tell you that. Yeah, well, okay, I've, I've got so some fangirls. Okay, thank you. But, um, but no, which but is great. What we need to have, the way I see, the way I see it is, yeah, you know, if you say one hundred people are trans, yeah, I, I'm prepared to be visible. I'm prepared to to say I'm trans. I'm I'm yeah. not going to hide behind who I am. Mm. Some people don't want to do that. Some people don't want to be visible. Some people don't want to be professionally trans. Yeah, you know, I've kind of bottled it in a way, because rather than hide behind and be apologising for being mm. trans, I've just gone. Hey, I'm out there. I'm doing this. Mm. This is me. Yeah. So I'm kind of in a way. I, I have a privilege. Why I can do that? Other mm. people don't have that privilege. Where they they're yeah. trying to get on with their lives as a person, mm. and not as a trans person. They just want to be yeah. a. You know, I yeah. see I see people rejecting wars for being best female actress, best female engineer. Mm. Actually, I want to be the best engineer. Yeah. I don't want to be the best best actress. And I don't want to be the best. I don't want to be the best trans woman. I want to be the the best female entrepreneur, or the best entrepreneur who happens to be female, who happens to be trans. Mm. I, I want to be the great uh, best public speaker or the best keynote speaker, not because I'm trans, but because I, I speak well. People like me. I'm relatable, and I've got a message that hits home. Uh, so yeah, it's. I'd like to be trans last. Yeah. A, 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 a person with a trans history, uh, but whilst I've got this mustard in my sandwich i might as well use that spice to give me something extra you know? mm. yeah um i so this is a little bit off topic but what would be your, your advice to someone who is trans in a company and doesn't feel at all like they can you know reflect so we, that we're, we're talking about that somebody they, who is not open there right but maybe they want to be but they're they're yeah. nervous and they don't know if the company's gonna maybe the company it's will react well or maybe they won't but, yeah. it's a challenge i i know many people who are in, in, in some companies that they're very senior board level um global responsibilities who are trans i know some people who are have got some very senior positions and they're, they're really worried about being open because if they're open they're worried they're going to lose their status they're going to be discriminated against managed out pushed out whatever so it's if your organization doesn't create this impression that it's an easy thing to do then you're going to be really worried it, to me, I often say to people, it should be no different walking into your office and saying, I'm pregnant. And the reaction is, wow, that's fantastic. When's your baby due? Oh, that's amazing. Do we need some time off? What's your plans? What are we going to do? When do you want to work? Do you want to come back? Those are really positive conversations. You know, you walk in and say, I'm trans. The conversation should be, wow, fantastic, Joe. That's amazing. I'm you know, glad you told me that. I'm really, really pleased that you respect me enough to tell me and you trust me. So right, take a seat. Um, what do you want to do? What's your plan? Yeah, do you want to transition now? How do you want to play this? What's your timescales? Or do you mm -hmm. want to just come back next week when you've had to think about it? Just make it very matter of fact. But if you walk into the office and the first thing you say is on trans, they go, oh my God, what do I do now? Quick phone HR. Um, how am I going to deal with this? Uh, and then Funny. HR goes, well, I don't know. We've never had a transfer before. Um, oh, panic, panic. Um, oh, quick check with our lawyers. What if we get it wrong? You need to, companies need to have this policy and i hate, Sorry, I hate I the word trans policy who wants a who needs a policy for being a woman who needs a policy for being old who needs you know, i don't want to see policy for being trans i want to see people policies yeah. that have a section on how to help people transition how to cope with that what yeah 
companies should be training people in their organizations from top to bottom about basic stuff. What makes me happy? What makes me sad? Things that make me happy is I get called Joanne. It makes me happy that I'm called she. It makes me happy that I'm treated as a woman. It makes me sad if I get called sir, if I get called mate, if I get called my old mate. Those make me sad. If I'm a surf in the internet and I find an old photograph of me or people laughing at me on the Facebook or something, that makes me sad. Mm. But that's no different to any other person that is, is being bullied or harassed for how they look or how they sound. So, yeah, yeah. just understanding what makes people happy and sad and stamping it out. No banter, no bullying. Um, too often, you know, there's, there's so much parody of trans people on, in, on television, in the media. Uh, obviously, the States, there's loads of, loads of press at the moment. And in the UK, there's a whole lot of campaigns in some of the Sunday papers, Daily Mail and Sunday Times, where they're debating trans existence uh, based on this gender recognition act reform. And oh trying to, try to, try to call into question as whether we have any rights. But what we often forget the- is trans women are just half the spectrum. There's plenty of trans men. There's plenty of people who are non-binary. There's plenty of people who are gender queer or gender non-conforming. And we're all being sort of marginalized or not forgotten. Trans men are often forgotten. And we always focus on trans women because we're easy to demonize, you know, whereas other people just get on mm. with their lives. And people don't really need to be you know, hassled in the way we are. Why wouldn't you have the same rights as a male or a female? Like, what? I don't want to get political or justified, but yeah, people perceive but too, because it's an education. trans people as being invalid. And that's yeah, Some people perceive trans people as being invalid. It's the presence of, uh, I, I say, mainly it's about trans women, not about trans men, because there are, I, I fully understand <sighs> there are some women who have had a tough time in life. And often that tough time is caused by male individuals. So they can feel very threatened, very anxious, very insecure around people who are male. And what they see is people who are trans as being male and therefore a threat to them, which could build up their anxiety. They're worried that people who are trans women are maybe going to invade their space. And maybe the trans women, men may use the excuse of being trans to come and invade their toilet, come and invade their shower, come and invade them. And then, the, then they have no right to, to question that person because trans people have rights. And what I'm saying, well, there are actually more examples of, of, of uh, aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters causing abuse. There are actually more examples uh, of yeah. people of certain religions causing abuse. There's actually more examples of school teachers, other coaches and other things mm-hmm. causing abuse than me, I just want to go for a pee. I don't know about you. I want to walk in there, shut the door, sit down, do my thing, wash my hands and go. I, I, I'm not looking for a party or, or, or get my camera out and do anything in there. It's, I'm more scared of the toilet than you are. Yeah. I'm seeing more and more of the bathrooms that it's like just all the pictures. Right? At least in my, where I live. I love it. Yeah. The offices I've been yeah. into recently are like that as well. Yeah, it's just a toilet. And, yeah. you know, it's people say, well, all this, all this um, gender neutral toilets is so complicated. I said, well, do you have two toilets at home? Do you have a male and no. female toilet at home? No, you don't. You, you, you just you just go at home. Yeah. And people use the toilet. It's, it's it's no big deal. You know. I'm I'm the queen um, of doing that. You know, and there's the queue for the ladies, and the gents is empty. I'm yeah. just straight in the gents. I'm like, I need to go. Yeah. It's the same. Well, you'll get in trouble for that if yeah. other people are getting. I, I don't care if I get no in trouble for that. I've seen some very athletic women in nightclubs using a urinal, and it's it's it's, it's amazing to watch. <laughs> there is no way this body is capable of that. 
Okay, okay. No, I see. I see. <laughs> so many points I've had. <laughs> I was not expecting that to come up in today's show. That's awesome. Now I'm trying to work out how the hell they do that. Right. <laughs> but as I was saying, this is how crazy things are. I mean, yeah. we, we make these judgments, we make these decisions, and a lot of it's based on what if. What if this one person out of a million? And yeah, I think my head on a bit. What what if? It's the other way around. Yeah. What if nothing happens? You know, the majority of the time, nothing happens. You know, trans people have existed for since the beginning of time. Trans people have, have been using toilets since toilets were invented, and now we're talking about it. Why are we talking about it? It, it makes no odds. It's it's down to people with agendas. Um, mm -hmm. Whether the, I, I don't know whether that is based on religion or whether it's based on socialization or fear or yeah. in their own internal struggles yeah. i don't know it, but it, it's... fear insecurity internal struggles yeah. all of that mm. just just upbringing uh, mm. so i stopped reading the paper when trump came in so i didn't know about any of that that's just i find that horrific it actually makes me yeah. feel sick that people can be so wow and particularly with my upbringing you know there's a lot of abuse in my mm. upbringing so it's just like oh, god Oh, no, uh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I'll share a loo with you anytime, yeah. Joe. Anytime. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, how ridiculous. I know. I know. Just... Sorry, I'm still, I'm I mean, still getting over that. The conversations in the ladies is far more exciting. the gents, everyone just stands there looking at the wall. If you go to the ladies, it's like a party in there. You know? I can understand why you don't want men in there. Why do girls always go together? <laughs> 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 oh, crazy. So how about in the recruitment process? Because we've talked a lot about with mm. companies. Are there some fundamentals you'd love to see as change that you, we could immediately go boom and that's better? Um, that's around the spot. Yeah, I, I think I think fundamentally it's about having an inclusive process. Yeah. I, I'd say the biggest barrier, I mean, as I say, I, I know many trans people and the struggle they have mm. is A, transitioning in their current job. What's going to happen to them? Mm. The next anxiety is having to apply for a new role. Because mm. the time you apply for a new role, you've kind of, whether you out yourself in advance, you're going to have to out yourself at some point, or, or, or some people may well um, have what's called passing privilege. You know, they, they, they look fantastic in either as a male or as a woman, as, as their voice, their hand, or just their whole mannerisms. And unless they disclose they were trans, you would never know. Mm. Well, that, that's great. But many trans people don't have that, that, I, no, luxury is the wrong word. Just that that, that capability. Mm. So it, it's some often trans people will, will be visible. Yeah. And it's obvious. Yeah. So what they want to do is they want to they want to know that they can apply to it, to an employer. The employer is open. The employer has other trans people. I mean, who wants to be the first? Who mm. wants to be the only woman in the organization? Who wants to be the only Asian person in the organization? Because mm. because suddenly you become know the total other trans yeah. people. So, so you want you want to sorry, say again? How would you know so, if they have other? I tell you how. Well, you don't. You don't. But I think it's you know in, in the employer branding, and we talk about employer branding. We talk about the corporate ethos. We look at their website. We see what they're doing. Is it more than just pink washing? Do they have? You walk into reception. Uh, there's at least some pride lanyards, some pride lapel badges, um, or, or yeah, often often they got inclusive features on their website where they're saying what they're doing. Uh, and do they have employee networks, LGBT networks? Uh, is there buy-in from the top down? I mean, when you apply for a role these days, you don't just apply for it. You, you research the company. You, you stalk them on Twitter. Yeah. You stalk them on LinkedIn. You look at who's a member. You look at what, they're, what the people who are working there do. And then suddenly you see that some of the people are part of the LGBT group or some yeah. of the people do this. And then you could become more assured that you're at least mm. in the door. 
whether you're whether you're good enough is another matter. Because uh, I often say, you know, you got a white guy, a black woman, and a trans person. Mm. How much better does the black woman have to be than the white guy? And how much better does the trans person have to be the black woman and the white guy? So. <laughs> We're not. We're often not seen as the frictionless hire. Mm. We often have a bit more friction in the process because because we we are different. Mm. And this to say, we are different. Don't we? I love, I love being different. I don't want to be the same as everybody else. Wouldn't that be but boring? In some organisations, we're not the obvious yes. choice. Then that's what mm. I say. But when you look at big companies and you look at some of the major high street banks, some of the major financial institutions, some of the mobile phone. People enjoy tens of thousands of people worldwide. Have really great DNI policies and, and everybody mm. gets gets a chance. And there are some websites out there that specialize in recruitment of all sorts of people, which are great. But mm. when I apply to so-and-so, I need to know that they're going to, either a, the process works. So is there, a, is there a tick box that asks me if I'm trans? I don't, I don't want to tick that box. I just want to know is it male, female, or, or other, or male, mm. female, or different, or, or whatever, whatever phraseology is. Don't pry too much. But then you got things like, at certain points in my life, I didn't have my ID, my driver's license, my passport, matching my identity. So how do I, all the anxiety, I turned up for reception. Mm. I, I turned up for a meeting at the Department of International Trade recently, and uh, as Joanne, and they said, have you got any ID? I went, well, the only ID I've got doesn't have the name you've got. I said, well, my student union card work. And they went, oh, that will do, as long as it's got a photograph. So I blacked my way into a government office with a student, student <laughs> union card, but anyway, it's another story. Uh, but often trans people don't, may not have ID that matches. People may not decide to change right. their name. There's a whole load of reasons why I didn't change my name from, on my passport driver license for over a year. I just, it's just, there's a lot of issues in, in my own life, in my own family that made that different. Can I just say, having got divorced, my card, I've been divorced for years, still says Mrs. because I just can't be bothered to go through the paperwork to lose the R. Just the R. They won't just remove the R. I have to prove I'm divorced to lose the R out of Mrs. I'm just like, oh. So I'm with you. I'm with you. But it can be complicated. DV and SC clearance, and DBS checking, you know, criminal checks, all those things. And they all become very, very complicated for people whose ID, whose gender, uh, doesn't match. Uh, so companies really, should, as long as they just need to be sensitive to those challenges that trans people face and be part of that solution. Mm-hmm. Say, it's not a problem, Joe. We kind of get it. It's okay. Yeah, we appreciate your name says XYZ on it, but you're known as Joe. That's, that's fine with us. We're cool with it. And uh, what we do is so-and-so here is in our sensitive HR section here. She will take your passport She'll take your driving license. She won't show the photograph. She, she, she completely understands. It's all protected. And therefore, she is the only person that knows anything about your old identity. And is that okay with you? And I go, fine. Okay, I trust you. Because you've got a process. You've got a plan B. And I think that's, that's what companies need, just need to have these, mm-hmm. these procedures that handle it. But communicate that it's not just a simple. You know, everyone has this diversity statement at the bottom of their job ads. We're open to anybody, you know. Well, that, you have to, that's what the law says. How are you, how are you oozing that? What, 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 what? Do you have, do you have video on your website showing people having a great time? Do, do you do you get your employees to promote your oh, brand? Can we, just, yeah. can we just, just say there's having a good time and there's what is it? Audra, don't high five in the middle of your video. What was that shocking video? Yeah. But uh, can I just put out ThoughtWorks? Oh, it was awful. It was like, oh, um, ThoughtWorks have the most amazing blog 
um, Career Hacks, right in the middle of all of their technology stuff. There's one called Career Hacks. And there is a blog there, Technology Saved My Life, which is about a, an open trans guy that works at ThoughtWorks just telling his story. Mm. It is so beautiful and so genuine mm. and that real peer-to-peer -peer stuff. It's just absolutely yeah. gorgeous. So yeah. I think that and what you're talking about, the real genuine videos uh, as well. Yeah. Um, I want to trans people face is as you, as you can probably imagine mm. it's quite a traumatic thing yeah transitioning mm -hmm. and, and and being open mm. it, it's a real big deal um and anything an employer can do to make that less of a big deal yeah because if in my in my own particular example i wife family i'm still married i've been married for 30 31 years and it, it's been it's been a big ask mm. for my wife it's been a big ask for my children my parents etc so if work is also a big ask Mm. my whole hierarchy of needs my whole maslow hierarchy is all sort of like destabilized yeah. I'm, I'm now worried about everything if i come to work and just get on with my eight hours and be respected for who i am mm. and then i can go and deal with my my shit at home again mm. then come back tomorrow and i've got a safe space mm. it gives me a great place that i can just actually i see work as somewhere i can respect and and, and to be myself where are you working you only have to work eight hours a day i want to work there <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, topic two. Eight hours in the far east, eight hours in the UK, and eight hours in the west coast. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> it's all eight hours. Like the, it all comes back to difficult conversations, and people aren't trained to have those difficult conversations. And the mm -hmm. ones that you've had at home are so much more difficult than the ones we possibly ever have to have you with you as yeah. somebody hiring you, or you know, you're managing yeah. you, or being a peer. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's and also I've had some telephone interviews and well not just telephone interviews I've I've conversations with my bank and my mm. my phone company on a frequent basis and ID verification and people just judging people by voice mm. and I've had mm. telephone interviews I've had with recruiters and with uh, with the companies you know it starts off kind of badly you know sort of mm. they always think it's a bad wrong number it's think it's a bad line mm. and then by the time I actually get to the fact that it's now okay we're now thirty seconds into the call. Mm. And it's kind of confusing for everybody. And it's like, okay, I just, sorry, I'm just a person with a deep voice. Uh, is that okay? Um, but there's there's that confusion. And I think mm. the person who's making a phone call just needs to say, whoever you are, is that Joanne? Yeah. And it's like, right, okay, Joanne, this is the first question. How are you doing? How, how's, how's life? And what are you up to? So like you, you don't ask somebody if they've got kids. You don't ask somebody who their wife or partner is. You don't, mm -hmm. We're not asking these questions anymore. So why, once you... Are you the right person? Yes, you're the right person. This is carry on talking. Mm. Can you solve the problem? I, 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 you know, and uh, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've turned up for interviews, and the guy comes towards you smiling, and and it holds his hand out or her hand out to shake hands, mm. and suddenly the, the eyes are all back in the head, going, "Hmm, you're not the kind of Joanne I was expecting." Yeah. And it's got a, that long the coffee machine is like really strange, and uh, and mm. and so. <laughs> Sorry, we're having a dog problem. Right. <laughs> He's been asleep right here. <laughs> yeah, in the UK, is it 95% of, of, the, of the working population yeah. employed by smaller businesses? Yeah. So the large corporates kind of, I think, have it ticked. It's where, how do we, how do we get into the SMEs? How do we get to the yeah. 250 and below employees where maybe people don't necessarily have HR teams, DNI teams? Yeah. This is where 95% of the people are employed. That's where we need to push some of the effort. And that's mm. the thing. Look at recruiters. Groups have a great responsibility here and a mm. great way of helping these these SMEs or the medium-sized companies that use recruitment agencies. I don't know if they're running in-house talent management. 
to, to really work on it and to, and, to, and to position this candidate in the best possible light, mm -hmm. not going, hmm, mm -hmm. we won't put Joe forward because you know, I've got to put five people forward and Joe's probably the one that won't get hired, so I won't put it forward. Mm. Yeah, because that's when they want their commission, you see, isn't yeah, it? It's about that. It is about that. Mm. So when do I get put forward? Well, yeah, well, I'm not going to get one of the five, no matter how good I am. Wow, what a no. dilemma. Yeah, but with internal <laughs> recruitment, never be done. <laughs> there's kind of an advantage, like say you need more female engineers. Well, you can easily present more female engineers. Where I think it's trickier in this case to to try and present. Yeah, I've said in the past. You know, people have targets for gender uh, equality. You know, we, we want thirty percent of boards, forty percent of boards. We've got targets for BAME inclusion. Uh, we've got we've got all these targets for people, and then. But how many people have a target for more trans people or more LGBT people? Generally, they don't. Uh, so we're never going to be on the list unless you've got a, a positive inclusion. Um, and no one's saying you should employ people just because they're a minority, just because they're different. At least consider people. Because I, I would, in my experience, I'm going to be far more loyal to a company that respects me and takes me yeah. for gives me room to be me. And if you if you love me and I love you, why would I want to leave? Because I know that if I if I have to take a risk going somewhere else, I, mm -hmm. I go to a company and they may not get me. But if I'm happy here, you know, we talk about people wanting to stay 18 months, two years now, a rapid turnover. But people who are looked after and respected because maybe a difference, they're going to be a lot more loyal. They're not going to be job hopping. Love it. Maybe but even if it did have, a, you know, we want this many LBG, how would you? Um, know that to how would you know how would you can ask that? I mean, how? Yeah, I guess they're not going to put it on their website. Going, we're looking for more gay people. Is that okay? Yeah, we're, we're short of lesbians this week. Um, actually, we could do <laughs> and a gender queer person, and uh, we haven't got enough trans men here. Uh, it's not. It's not the sort of thing people are advertising. But I, I spoke with a a large uh, computer based company with three initials recently and they actually <laughs> they actually dip their rod in the pool where those people exist so rather than make it obvious that they're looking for lgbt people mm -hmm. they go shopping in places where lgbt people people are prevalent yeah. they network with lgbt people they talk to lgbt <laughs> people uh, google <laughs> has been popular um, on a whole mm. I, I, I saw a company recently they had an lgbt recruitment day in manchester so of course, hmm, LGBT recruitment day, that means I'm going to go there. Mm -hmm. it's, so you're going to meet people who are going to be receptive for you. So yeah. you start fishing in a pond or you create your own pond mm. where you're going to be and you start looking. Yeah. So it's positive action. If you're looking to recruit more yeah. women, you, you hang out where more women occur. Yeah. If you're looking to recruit more men, you just go out to society at large. <laughs> uh, so it's, 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 people think there's no pipeline, isn't there? Where's the pipeline going? Which pond are you putting in? Maybe maybe you're looking too small a pond or you're not looking into the ocean. So mm. it, think about where people are that you want to attract. Yeah. And then but fish that in does, That is not going to solve. So we're going to have to chat and work this out because we've only got five minutes left. But that 95%, because that's going to be more education no. on the agency side because they're going to be more reliant on agencies yeah. because they haven't got the time yeah. to recruit and there's a big mess there. Yeah, that's going to be. Yeah. Now, just quickly, we just sorry. While I've already interrupted you, um, I can't say your surname though, Audra. So you're going to have to tell me, Duart, Jonathan Duart, next week. Yeah. yeah, is that how I say it? 
we're yep, going, we're going so. from really human to chat box. Totally. To the opposite, <laughs> chat box. We're going like the other end of the We're going to talk about the, the pros, the cons, and what, what they're good for, yeah. what they're definitely not good for. That'll be, that'll be good. They, were, they weren't good for me the other day when I was chatting with one asking to speak to a human. Uh, anyway, moving Definitely on. Limits. It'll be a fun limits. one next week as well. So, do you get trans chat boxes? I mean, with terms. I want one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start a new. But one. you were saying, <laughs> you were saying, Joanne, to to fish and go in those places or create your own pond. I love it. But you're you're right. Also, just your careers website, you could have a diversity page, and if you're showing your yeah. employees are diverse, then they're more likely to also apply mm -hmm. and come to you. Good point. And also, employees going to recommend other. Yeah, they're going to they're going to tell a source for you. If you're if you're motivating people with with uh, recruitment bounties, people are going to find people like them as well to, to help. Uh, or they'll they'll know where to hang out. Particularly you know, if they feel like they can oh. bring them whole selves to work, particularly if it's inclusive, then they will. Yeah. If it's just Why a tick box you? exercise. Yeah. Mm. So. Are there any final things you'd like to see in your final three minutes? It's gone so fast. It's like. <laughs> yeah, where would people go if they want to um, book you to speak? Is it just go to your website? The yes. Yeah, uh, drop me an email, joe.lockwood. That's jo.lockwood at cchangehappen.co.uk. Okay, okay. uh, find me on LinkedIn. Um, that's exactly it, cchangehappen.co.uk. And if you can't work out how to contact me from there, then uh, uh, you shouldn't be recruiting. Time for a career change or some training. <laughs> I'm on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, yeah, all, all the usual channels, Twitter. I'll just put my Twitter in here. Um, so do follow me. Easy. So, yeah. So that's me on Twitter. That's yeah, 1965. It's like people that have that in their email addresses. It's like we're a certain generation where we used to do that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wanted to show I was mature. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny. So, um, right. I think you need to keep what you're oh to keep doing what you're doing, Joanne. It's awesome at all levels. Yeah. People will find more confidence to be themselves, I can guarantee. It. If you're not connected yeah. to Ben God Hill, that Joanne do, it's just awesome song. Yeah, no, I think we are. Yeah. We are connected, yeah. So cool. Um and Debbie's a terrific show. Thank you so much, Joanne. That was so, so yeah, moving. Thank you. I well. felt like I was gaping through the whole thing. And I'm super yeah. excited because you're coming to Disrupt HR and Disinfo and speaking in March yes. as well. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, so on the 4th, I'll be there. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah we'll Crazy learn. mayhem. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, plus, we're doing karaoke afterwards, just warning you. So, <laughs> yeah, God help us all. <laughs> or just done karaoke with me. That's why she's like, oh, no. <laughs> you're busy afterwards, are <laughs> <hey>? you? <laughs> got to get the train back sorry <laughs> anyway um thank you everybody we shall see you same time next no wait sorry those of you in the u.s will be back to 10 a.m because your clocks change this weekend uh, we will be back at the same time though the rest of us in europe so bye everybody have a great weekend awesome. thanks, thanks again joanne, joanne. bye bye, bye.